and physically. And Lord, I pray for our missionaries. I ask you, dear God, to give them whatever they need on the mission field to get your work done. And then, Father, I pray for uh, our president and all of that's going on there in Washington. Lord, if you'll take care of it, we'll praise you again for it. Bless you tonight. Now, we need a blessing. We come for one. We ask you, dear God, that you'll bless each one that come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was dealing with people, a person today, and afterwards I got in my office and got to reading, and I was showing her some of these verses. If you'll turn over with me, please, to uh, Psalms 55. I want to share something with you. Psalm 55. This psalm has meant so much to me in the past and now, not just in the past. But it's meant so much to me, and I'd like to read it to you. Uh, just give me a few minutes now and read with me. Beginning in Psalm 55, verse 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pain within me, and the terrors of death are falling upon me. Fearful and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness, either. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof, mischief also and sorrow in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it's not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then would I have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, my equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked under the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He had delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, Selah, because they have no changes. Therefore they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn sore. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction, bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. 
but I will trust in thee. Father, will you bless the reading and studying of thy word to our hearts tonight? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The whole story here is David is a writer, and he wrote it in a time, was at the time of absence, David's sons rebellion against David as king. David was still dwelling at Jerusalem at the time he wrote this song. David has discovered that his familiar friend, Athaliel, has formed a conspiracy against him. David is now thinking of fleeing for his life from Jerusalem because his enemies seek his life. Under these circumstances, David poured out his soul to God. In verses 1 through 8, David describes his desperate condition and longing for deliverance. In verses 9 through 15, David described the wickedness and ungodliness of those who are trying to take the kingdom from him. In verse 16 through 23, David gives a feeling of confidence that God will rescue him and answer his prayer and take care of his enemies. Now, going back to verse 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. I believe one of the hardest times for a child of God it can come in their life is when they don't know if God will hear their prayers or not. Whatever is in their life, they don't have confidence that God hears and answers their prayers. Verses 2 through 5 is one of the most hurting things that can happen to a person, and that is what a friend when a friend turns against him. In verse 4, David said, My heart is so pain within me. In verse 5, David said, Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. Now, it's a horrible thing for a man's friend to turn against him. Now, that's the first part of it. What I want you to get the picture here, feel David's heart for just a minute of the hurt. No matter what it's talking about, just get a feeling of his hurt. You give a feeling of where he's at. Now, I want you to listen to the rest of the song. And here's the text. In verse 6, And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Jeremiah said almost the same thing, Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Everybody has a desire to be at rest from their problems. Now, what I'd like for us to see tonight, David's pathetic prayer, beginning in verse 6 down through verse 8. Look at it. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. The first thing I want to say there, David, you don't have wings. Amen? And you ought to write that down there. Lo, then... Would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness cedar? I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. <clears throat> this is the same place, if you go back <clears throat> and read First Kings chapter 19, is Elijah came to. Elijah had a nervous breakdown. And it's almost the same thing. David almost had one here. Then in Psalms 55 verse 6, Oh, that I had wings. Now these are words from a weary heart of the things of this world. A poem that a man wrote. 
over a lodge in some vast wilderness, some boundless contingency of shade, where rumor of oppression and deceit of unsuccessful or successful war might never reach me no more. The world's weirdness comes in many different kinds. Some, how the world with all their glamour and they love it and they put all their uh, fun and effort into the world and it still leaves them homesick and hungry and unsatisfied. Some love pleasure of the world. But the Bible says that pleasure in the end will bring diseased body, a worn out heart, a blighted character, and a guilty conscience. Some love money. When they are piling up their fortune, his heart has dried up, their heart dried up, friends have become strangers, and enjoyment has dwindled. I was talking to a friend of mine just last night. He called me late and sang me happy birthday last night. I said, you're a day late. Amen. Like Elizabeth. She called me last night about 11 o'clock. You thought I'd be asleep. I weren't. Yes, you did. I looked at the clock. You called me last night about 11 o'clock. I know that. I didn't say Well, it wasn't last night, was it? It was Monday. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. But this other friend of mine called me from Georgia, and he was singing me happy birthday and carrying on. He can't sing in the first place. And he said, I said, you got it on the wrong date. Now, I want to give you something. All his life, him and his wife worked, saved their money. They wouldn't go out to eat with us when we go out to eat. They wouldn't do anything. Got to save my money. Got to save my money. And I, I'd say, right, come on. No, I ain't got that kind of money to go out to eat. I can't do that. They wouldn't buy, they drove the same old car, lived in the same old little old house for years and years, and set up their money, save their money, and ended up they had me and saved. When he come down to when they retired, they retired, moved to the mountains, and it worked six months till she died of cancer. And you know what he's doing now? Living up on that mountain. I said, how you getting along? Well, I get very lonely sometimes. I'm right up here by myself. And, the boy, and I went up to visit him one time not long ago, and he's just out there in his old world just walking back and forth in front of the house. All his friends. He don't have any friends now. You know why? He didn't make friends. He didn't make friends when he was growing up. Everybody looking for one of these days, I'm going to enjoy life. One of these days, I'm going to enjoy my money. One of these, it'll be beyond you. It'll go by so quick you won't even know what happened. And a lot of people get in position that they love money so much that they forget that they lose their joy, they lose their friends. They lose everything that they desired all their life, end up with nothing. Every real Christian knows something of this heart sickness and soul weariness because of the fact of sin in this world. The problem here is we cannot allow this heart weariness to slide into despair. You cannot stop hoping. We can't stop trying. We cannot allow any hindrances to prayer. I was talking to a person this week and they're talking about that they, they don't pray for people anymore. They, she, this lady told me, I pray for two different people to be healed and they died. She said, I'm scared to pray anymore. I just quit praying. I don't pray for nobody no more. She said, I can't love anymore. I don't have any love in my heart anymore. 
And I, and I tried to explain how the Bible... Let me give you... That is a terrible place to be in yourself. And we can't allow this heart weirdness to slide into despair. The temptation may be strong maybe because we forget the blessings of the past. I was talking to somebody just this, this week about somebody or some position people have, and I said, let me tell you something. I like to forget about the bad times. I like to remember the good times. Amen? Throw the old bad stuff away. I don't want to hear it. I want to live in the good times. Uh, people are good to me. And I mean it. And God's been blessed me more than you could imagine. And I think about it every time I turn around. A man came up to me one time. We was playing golf together. And uh, he, they paired us off. And he hadn't seen me in years. And he said, Brother, he come over to me and he put his arm around my shoulder. And he said, Brother Strong, there's one thing about you that I've never understood. Everybody can say everything about you and do everything about you, and you just go right on and you be friends with them or whatever. I said, I ain't going to let that drag me down. Amen? And he was talking about this one person. I said, I don't remember all that stuff. I want to remember the good times I had with them. Amen? And I mean that from my heart. If you dwell on the bad thing and the bad people in your life and the bad thing that people do to you, you'll come to where David, oh, did I have wings, I could just fly away. You don't have wings. you got to deal with it. Amen? And it's how you deal with it that makes a difference. Now I want to show you something. you got to remember something now. Turn over to Romans now, chapter 13 a minute. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. You know what he's talking about? I'm nearer to dying right now than I was ten years ago. Amen? Full salvation is when you get to heaven. I'm saved now. I know heaven's mine, but I ain't got there yet. But I'm nearer to heaven than I am now. And I was. Amen? Verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and mourning it, not in strife and enmity, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now, I want you to watch this, please, when you read this. Instead of how long, O Lord, how long, O Lord, in the condition you're in, you must remember this. God's got a purpose in doing things. The thing I want to emphasize here is, yes, David, if thou had wings, but thou art a king. David's servant, or God's servant, Israel's champion, God's prophet. Many of us today, won't, uh, when troubles come in our lives, we call out, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, but we don't have wings, and we are God's people, and God will take care of us. It's interesting to know David's prayer about this man that he prayed for here, though. I want you to know what this man called Athiel. If you'll study the whole thing about this situation, go back with me now to, to uh, uh, where's that? Second uh, Samuel. Go to 2 Samuel for just a minute. I want you to watch how God takes care of things. In 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23, when Athiel, that's David's friend, he was all upset about, 
saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put on his house, put his household in order, and hanged himself and died and was buried in the scepter of his father. I laugh about David as he had to leave the city of Jerusalem when Absalom run him out. And this man ran along on the mountainside. You remember the story? The man ran along on the mountaintop, throwing rocks at David and cursing David. And David, one of David's mighty men said, let me go over and cut his head off. He said, you leave him alone. If God wants him to throw rocks at me, leave him alone. Let him throw his rocks. Let him curse me if that's what God wants me to do. And David left it alone. But it came time for David to die. He's on his deathbed now. And he calls his son Solomon in. And he said, uh, I want you to remember something. Remember that man that threw rocks at me? Take care of him. Take care of him. And Solomon called him in. After David had died, he said, Now I'm going to give you a city to go stay in. You stay there. If you get out of that city, I will cut your head off. I'll kill you. And that man went over there, and one of his servants ran around to run away to another city, and he got on his ass and took off down to get him and brought him back, and David heard about it. I mean, Solomon heard about it. He called him in. He said, Did I not tell you that if you left your city, I'd kill you? He said, Yes, sir. He said, Fall on him and cut his head off and killed him. Now you take all of that into this, to think it for just a minute. David had a tender heart, but God knows how to take care of things. Amen. And you better remember that He will take care of it. So what I'm saying is, why would you dirty your hands with it? Why would you get involved? Let God take care of it. And He always does it right. And you don't have to get involved. Now I want you to watch this. It's interesting to know too, it wasn't answered like David prayed. I was talking to this lady about her prayers and she can't pray and get her prayers answered. I said, did you ever think about this? Suppose that person that you were praying for lived and instead of dying and then they got all kind of cancer through their body and they suffered the rest of their life. So such suffering that it couldn't. God knows. You don't know. When we pray, we are always in our prayers. But Thy will be done. Amen. You know why? Because God knows better than we know. I pray for what I want. God told us to do that. But then I leave it in the hands of the Lord. And we got to learn that. Now, notice again. God can show us the unwisdom of our prayers granted and denying them. Notice what Jesus prayed for you and I. And I love to read John 17 because it's, God, it's Jesus praying for you and I even today. You go back and study. In John 17 verse 5, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. I thought when I first got saved, why don't God just kill me and take me on to heaven? I'd be better off. Have somebody pray with the Lord. I'll be walking the streets of gold. Amen. Instead of this mess down here. And then one God one day God laid on my heart just as plain as day, but I'm not ready for you yet. I got something I want you to do. I got you something to do. 
I'll take you when I get ready. And He will, by the way. Now I want you to watch it. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. That's what we ought to pray for. I don't want I don't get to disheartened to the place that Lord kill me. Take me on there. No. No, I'm beyond that. Uh, but Lord keep me from the evil. Take care of me on the way. Now here's what I'm trying to say. There are two ways to handle difficulty or frustration in this life. Number one, we can run from them. That's wishful thinking. But you know what I heard an old preacher say years ago? If you run from your problems, you're just taking them with you. You know why? They're inside. It's not the problems. I've worried about stuff outside and worry myself crazy. And just just drove my own self crazy. It never happened. What I was worried about never happened. God took care of it. David said, oh, that I had wings. That's wishful thinking. Don't try to run for you. We must conquer difficulty and not fly off the handle about there's no rest in flight. Think about it. You see a bird flying all the time. He ain't resting. Amen? There's no rest. Uh, real resting. Uh, the only real rest is peace. Only God can conquer, conquer our fears. Now, I want you to turn over to Second Corinthians just a minute and I'm finished. I want to show you something. Let's begin to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achaia, grace be to you and peace. By the way, that's always the way it's worded in the Bible. Grace first, peace second. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You know what helped me one time? I went to the hospital to visit Miss Parker. I know I've told you some has heard this before. I went to the hospital to visit Miss Parker after she operated on her knee. And I said, Miss Parker, I sure feel for you. She said, No, you don't. You can't. You ain't had no knee operator. Now your wife can. So my wife had her knee operator. Now take that to world. Take that to everything we do. Everything that happens to us. I can't help you and sympathize with you unless I've been through it myself. Amen? But God puts us through these things. He, we're left here. He's called, he, the Bible says in, in, in the book of Romans that we're ambassadors for Christ. You know what we're supposed to be doing? When somebody's having difficulty, God's sure being good to me. That's telling them, it's okay, God's going to see you through it. Amen? He'll see you through it. Just hang on. Now I want you to watch this. I like this little thing. It takes two for a kiss. Only one for a sigh. Twain by twain, we marry. One by one, we die. Joy is a fellowship. Grief weeps alone. Many quests of Canaan, 
Gethsemane at one. Amen? I think about this. Why is God allowing all this mess that we're going through right now? You think about it. It's simply for this reason, that we can help someone else cope and counsel them and help people come to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. I can truthfully say, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, God has been so good to me overcoming things in my life that I will come and keep right on going that I can sit down with anybody. I don't care what you're going through right now. I can tell you, God helped me. He's no respecter of persons. That's what the Bible said. In other words, He don't love me any more than He loves you. And if you're a child of God, He'll take care of yours too. Amen? Because I've already been through some of it. So I look back on it and say, God will bless you. He'll take care of you. That's what it's all about. Flying away like a dove ain't going to help nobody. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting one of the greatest men in the Bible put down these words because he's been through it. He's experienced it. And he came through it fine. So will we. And I think about the people that I've talked to just this week, how terrible a life that they're trying to live now. And yet you're so good and you can take care of it. If we could just get people to depend on you and not our flesh and not ourselves, that's what it's about. Bless us, you people, tonight. Go with us and watch over us now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.